Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Today, we are talking about productivity, not just productivity at work, but throughout your whole life. This episode was a twist on our regular format from episode three, when I was interviewed by Strive Stronger Operations Director, Angela Poon. Now, Angela is a productivity powerhouse. And in this snippet, we discuss using five big rocks to manage your diary and to prioritize what is truly important. Now, I've been teaching this concept to leaders from top 20 ASX CEOs to large sales teams and entrepreneurs and small business owners for over 10 years. And if I can tell you one thing, it really does help boost productivity and give more time to do the things in life that matter to you most. So let's listen to the interview. So what I'd love to know from you teaching senior executives on how to be more productive, what are some of the secrets that you teach them to implement into their working life to increase their productivity? Harvard Business Review did some research a few years ago for the first time ever, first time in history, goldfish, little suckers, have a greater attention span than humans if we don't put some of these productivity basics. Goldfish can focus for eight seconds. That was four. Okay. <laughs> I can see you tapping your finger. Get on with the story. Goldfish focus longer than human beings, and if we don't put in productivity tactics. So we've got to think about the analogy, putting in the big rocks first. So my five productivity big rocks, you know this because we practice it. I just don't call it jam. Number one is you do your weekly plan. Two is you have a team meeting. Three is you do your daily warm-up and daily warm-down, very much influenced by sport. Four is we put in deep work or FI, forced isolation, because most people have NFI, no forced isolation. (laughs) Right. And then number five is rear view mirror, where you look back. So going through each one of those quickly, the weekly plan is where you sit down, ideally print out your diary. I do, because if I get on my laptop, I get distracted. And then I'll sit down and do my better week plan. I normally do it on a Sunday night or a Monday morning. Now, some people might do it on a Friday Arvo, but you look at what are the key performance moments coming up this week? What do I really need to have an impact on? Which of my team members do I need to connect with? You know, what presentations, what meetings? It's the big things in your business life, but you know how I do this. I reverse engineer and put in what are my fitness sessions? When do I connect with the kids? What's really important in my personal life? And I put that in first to energize me, connect me, nourish me, and then I do the work stuff around that. So once a week, you're looking forward, trying to set up what a good week looks like. The second thing is a team meeting. And we do this on a Monday morning. So we have our team meeting for our whole staff, 9am, make it short and sharp and have everyone do their plan for their week before they come to the team meeting. You know what that does? That sets their focus for the week. It gives you as a leader an extra half day productivity for each of your team members. Now, the reason why so many companies have implemented four day work weeks and it's worked, because for most teams, Monday morning's a write off and Friday afternoon's a write off. So you get rid of the edges and you compress it into four days. Woohoo, everyone's more productive. So it does, it gives everyone an attentive focus, but it makes your team much more productive. Now, a subset for leaders who have support staff or EAs, I, I recommend you meet with your EA before for the team meeting. So Todd and I, my EA, we meet 8.30 a.m. every Monday morning. We print out the week. I look at how many sales meetings do we have, how many presentations, what key podcasts, digital content, what do we really need to focus on this week? So then Todd's clear, I'm clear, then the team's clear, bang, then you get on with your week. 
And then number three, Ange, is the daily warm-up and daily warm-down. Yes, this has a sporting note to it, but any sport I've been involved in, you don't just go out and train or you don't just go out and play in front of tens of thousands of people. You warm up and then at the end of a game, you warm down. One of the things when I entered the corporate world in my late 20s, because I'd been cocooned in sport, is I saw there was no warm-up, no warm-down. People just got into it and then there was this, just it was not on. There was no pulsing. It was just like this static linearity. So a daily warm-up, if you're a morning person, it's at the start of the day. If you're what we call a bear, you're an afternoon person, you think mornings suck, do it the night before. That's me. And that's where you – I added that for you. It's where you sit down and ask questions like, what are my key moments today or tomorrow? Uh, What does success look like for this meeting? Who do I need to contact in my team or customers or clients? What will success look like? And it literally is a coffee or a tea at the start of the day and just looking forward, what are the key performance moments? And when you do that on a busy day, like we've got a busy day today. Uh, interesting talking about productivity on a day like today. At one stage, I think we both wanted to squeeze it out, but no, 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 we did our plan and knew it was going to be tight. Mm. But when you do that warm-up, Ange, I find that there was a show a number of years ago on Channel 7 called Thank God You're Here with mm-hmm. Shane Bourne. Remember that? And you're yeah. put into a situation and it's like, hey, Ange, wizard, thank God you're here. And you have a couple of seconds to work out, shit, I'm in a bakery, I'm flying an aeroplane. If you don't do your daily warm-up, it's like, thank God you're here when you get into meetings and you scramble. Those of you listening, you've done this. Uh, Carol, can you give us an update? Oh, yes, yes, I'm just having trouble getting it on my computer because Carol's done no warm-up. You know, she's flown straight in. And then the warm-down is looking back at the day and closing out loops. What email, what message, is there a social media post? Just to finish the day, uh, cold case, I'm using lots of TV shows here. Cold case, they put the file up when the case is finished. I like to think of the warm-down like you put the day up as the day's finished. So that's the daily warm-up and daily warm-down. Um, have I told you about uh, fresh bread, style bread? That might have been something that I told you, I suspect. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about fresh bread, style bread. Uh, well, this is something that I learned at uh, KPMG. We took copious notes when we were out at client sites and we would then have to translate into, um, I think they used to be called file notes. What I found and what we taught juniors as they were coming up with the ranks was to do them straight away. Translate your notes into something that is readable on the day because otherwise it becomes like bread. If it's fresh and you do it on the day, it's fresh bread. But if you live for any longer, it becomes stale and you kind of forget the conversations and your notes are all scratchy and scratchy and you can't really see um, what you've written. So that's the concept around fresh bread. Unless if you're making a Caesar salad, you would leave it out so the bread is stale. And if you're making a Caesar salad, you would do that in your deep work time. See how I got that into number four? So number four is deep work or forced isolation. And that's when you look at your week. Again, this goes back to the planning at the start of the week. You know I'm a morning person, so sometimes you'll get messages from me at 5.30 or 6 a.m. in the morning. I don't expect you to respond. It's just that that's when I'm working and doing my deep work. And that's when you reflect, think, create... Uh, it's all the creative stuff. Or if you don't have to do a lot of that in your job, put in some work uninterrupted where you can get into what Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, God bless his soul, the Hungarian psychologist who came up with the term flow. It's when time transcends and you get into lots of work in a short period of time. So even if you're not creating, writing, doing all that stuff, just look at batching similar tasks, put a cocoon or barriers around you and do deep work or forced isolation. And number five, It's very similar to your star bread, fresh bread analogy. 
I like to do this on a Friday afternoon. It's rearview mirror because I mentioned earlier, Monday mornings are normally a write-off. We fix that with the weekly plan and your team meeting. Uh, yeah, just out of uh, interest, some of the team meetings, Ange, I get execs to do, they stand up. That meeting does two things. It's a lot shorter and they're more focused and more energised. Uh, so the fifth one is the rearview mirror. Ideally on a Friday afternoon, you look back. Like when you drive, most of your view is out the front and about 10 or 15% in your rearview mirrors. That's what you do on a Friday afternoon. You close out the week. That does a few things. One, from a customer service and a momentum point of view, you feel like you are good. You're connected. Two, it gives you a week end. Because what happens if you don't close out Friday afternoon? Where does Monday morning go? Ah, oh, shit, it, and it's stale bread. It takes three times as long. So the five big rocks, number one, do a weekly plan. Two, team meeting to start the week. If you have an EA or support staff, a quick meeting with them as well. Three is daily warm up and daily warm down. Four is deep work or forced isolation. And five is rear view mirror. And then that allows you to set up a construct that we call the better week. It's really interesting to hear you because I know we do implement a lot of these things, but it's interesting to hear why we've structured it the way that we have. And it really works. Uh, we Individually, we've got our better weeks. And my story around the better week, when I first started, I didn't even have a better week. I've heard it as a concept, but I actually didn't apply it until maybe three months or so after I uh, started at Strive Stronger. And I did feel that it was a shift in the my re relationship with my central nervous system. I Before that, I felt that I was being dragged from meeting to meeting and I didn't really have a sense of what was happening throughout the day or the week. But actually sitting down, doing that better week, doing that look forward and review mirror really changed the way that I felt like I felt like I was much more in control of my diary, in control of what I was doing and therefore much more focused and, and more productive. So it really does work setting up this better week. Mm. What is some of the science behind the better week that Before you Before I do the with? science, what, 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 teach, the, teach us the better week because you're better <laughs> at teaching this than I am because when we do a corporate workshop, I, I think if we do it with leaders, mine lands, but when we do it with broader teams, they look at mine and go, I'm never going to get that. Now, uh, underscore my diary, I consciously set up based on colours to try and do two or three delivery events a week, a half day coaching, uh, mental skills work, and then making sure I have five to seven sales meetings. So I, I, I'm very conscious that my better week is able to be set up because we've got a small team and, and I'm really clear on here's how I want my diary to set up. Mm. But when you're working for a larger organisation, you need a lot more wide space. So I think you're better at teaching this. So tell us, Ange, um, flipping the interview on you, you, you said it gave you control of your central nervous system, but mm. how do you teach someone to design the better week? Well, when I sit down with someone, I start off with a blank sheet and I tell them to look at what are the things that give them joy and gives them value in their life and put those things in first and don't put the work things in straight away. So for myself, I put in the time with my family or time with in connection with friends. So I'll put that in my diary first. I put in time for passions, hobbies, and I love to paint like, you know, so I make sure that I put in time in my diary for me and that's to pursue my interests. 
And then the third thing I put in is uh, exercise. And exercise is not something that I love doing, despite working with Strive Strong, and we talk about movement a lot. It's actually not something that um, I love to do, but I love how it makes me feel and I know what it does to my energy levels. So I make sure I put those times in my diary so that I remain accountable to myself. And then we teach people to put in their daily um, warm-ups and warm-downs and look back at the day and the week to review their priorities and set themselves up for the following day so that you're not being driven by other people's agenda, but you're looking at your own task list and you're not just being reactive and you're putting in time in your diary so that when you do do your tasks for the day, for the week, you're based on the to do list that you set up and not email alerts or last minute urgent requests, which sometimes you need to do, especially in the large organization. So that's why it's important to leave that white space in. But this way, at least you're still putting time to focus on the things that you want to do so that you feel that sense of achievement at the end of the day. And just adding on that, because we haven't covered it yet, but there's a couple of things that people need to do before we even do the big rocks. Turn off the notification on your watch. Anyone who has email and pop-ups and tweets and text messages coming onto your watch, get rid of it. You will never break the business cycle when you've got that constant stream of messaging coming to your watch. The second thing is turn off your pop-up alert, especially for email. Mm. It's just those pop-up alerts, bang, bing, 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 that just get everyone overrided. Now, back to your better week teaching. I like the way you do that. Someone listening to this going, or in our programs, we often get this online, especially, oh, Angela, it's all right for you. You have no idea what it's like to work inside the bank, the consulting firm, the government agency, the telco. How can I possibly start this in an organisation where everyone slammed me? From the moment I get into work Monday morning, I have hundreds of emails. Mm. I have no decision-making capacity. Everyone pushes me from one thing to the other. Oh, I feel like I'm going to burn out. It is the great resignation because I can't... I'm feeling stressed as I'm saying this story. But for someone who feels like there's no way I can do what you do or what I do, where do they start? Well, it's interesting because I have worked for 15 years in a consulting firm, so I do know what that feels like. But I think it's important to set boundaries and expectations so that you're not feeling that you have to be responsive and reactive every single time. And you do get that space in your diary to think, do that strategic deep work, because that was one thing that I didn't cover, was to put in time in your diary where you can do focused work so that you're not constantly responding to emails and notifications and the bips and the bops and all the things that are distracting you. But put in time in your diary where you can focus and do the work that you're paid to do, which isn't answering emails, but doing the strategic thinking and the delivery of the projects or the report, whatever it is that you're paid to do without those distractions. And I also want to challenge that whole notion of I have to be responsive straight away. I have to jump when people say jump and and be um, at the mercy of other people's um, agendas. I think it's about setting communications, having clear communication protocols with your manager, with with juniors, and not just using emails as the only way of delegating and communicating tasks. Because if you send out a lot of emails, you're going to get back Mm -hmm. a lot of emails. So if something that can be, that is not super urgent and can be done better in a phone call or in a meeting, do that and not just put that in an email. If you're ping-ponging like several times with a colleague, 
pick up the phone. It's probably going to be a five minute chat rather than a half hour email ping pong. And that's why people are feeling so busy all the time because they're constantly just responding to emails. Hey, it's Andrew, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to listen to the full episode or some of our other shows, you can find the Strive Stronger podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. We have plenty more content covering all things high performance with world-class experts from a diverse range of fields. And if you would like to support the Strive Stronger podcast, subscribe and leave a comment and rating as we love the feedback.